Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle. Hey, we're here today with Dana Kay, the author of Thriving with ADHD. Dana is the CEO and founder of the ADHD Thrive Institute and the creator of the ADHD Thrive Method for Kids program. She's a mother of a child with ADHD, and she's been featured in Forbes, Authority Magazine, Medium, Influensive, Thrive Global, and various others. We're going to talk with Dana today about ADHD, why it's on the rise and is really at the root of ADHD. We're going to talk about what happened with Dana's son, who was suffering from ADHD from a really young age and was on three different medications by the time he was five. Dana started doing some research herself and uncovered some really interesting information about the root causes of ADHD. We're going to get into some tips for managing and reducing symptoms of ADHD. We're also going to look at functional lab testing, and we're going to talk about four specific tests that you can have done on your teenager that will give you incredibly valuable information about what's going on inside their body that is causing symptoms of anxiety, ADHD, depression, all kinds of learning disabilities. All of that and more is coming up on the show today. Dana, thank you so much for being here. This is such an important topic. I'm really curious to hear about your journey to getting interested in this and developing uh, expertise. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, uh, interestingly, believe it or not, I used to be completely removed from uh, the health and wellness space and I was actually in accounting. I uh, know, I'm sorry, don't. <laughs> I probably would have still been in that in that area if my concerns over my son's health really hadn't have grown as much as they did. And he was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of four and his tantrums and his meltdowns became so severe that his teachers started noticing difference as well because at first they didn't. Wow. And when he was first diagnosed, I was relieved. I was like, okay, I, you know, this is not all in my head. And yeah, the doctor right. handed us a prescription medication straight away with no other explanation of what I should do other than go take that prescription medication to the pharmacy. And I did. Totally. And it was a relief. It was. And I was actually really excited about what this medication could do. I was excited that I finally had a pill that could help me, you know, that pill that's going to fix that ill, if they say. And so at first, it, you know, everything was okay. But, you know, then as his dosage increased, uh, side effects became a big problem and they became worse and worse. Uh, his doctor prescribed him another prescription medication to counteract the side effects of the first one. 
And this kind of continued until my young son was on three strong medications. I think at that age he was five. So when the doctor suggested a fourth medication to counteract the, the new side effects that had just come up, that's when I sort of said, hmm, maybe this is not the right way <laughs> and really just questioned the path that we were on and it changed my complete career path i went back to school i did my holistic health degree multiple specific certifications in this particular area and really learned how things other than medication like food and other natural solutions can affect so many aspects of our lives and i began to learn that adhd symptoms can be reduced naturally now my son is just about to become a teenager so i'm glad that i'm talking with you on this podcast today and he's thriving and he hasn't been on meds for years and he's in middle school and he's a straight a student but but most importantly he's happy and my family is happy and we really now have peace and calm in our house and i will say He's still a teenager and I'm sure that you've, you know, talked a lot about that on this podcast, but he's a normal teenager. Uh, we have normal teenage problems, not ones that were ruling our life. And, you know, once I learned about the importance of food and these other strategies on behavior and focus and all of this stuff that comes in relation to ADHD, I just knew I couldn't keep this information to myself and I really didn't want anyone else to, to have to go through the struggles that my family went through. Uh, and so over the over the, the years, I've worked with close to a thousand other families to sort of help them get to the same place as me so much quicker. Is there a rise in ADHD? I've heard people talking about numbers trending up, up, up over the you know past decades. And is that just because it's being diagnosed more? Is that like there's really an increase in the actual incidences of ADHD in our children or, or what's going on? That's a really, really great question. And I'll give you some of those statistics. So currently there's about 6 million children impacted by ADHD just in the USA alone. Aside from ADHD, it's estimated that 54% of American children have been diagnosed with a chronic illness in 2018, but this figure was only 15% a couple of years ago. So like, look at that increase, 15% to 54%. So one in two have anxiety, asthma, type one, type two diabetes, epilepsy, cystic fibrosis, heart problems. I mean, I could go on and on learning difficulties, sinus infections, one in five have allergies, one in six have developmental delays and one in 68 have autism. And so why do you think that this rise has occurred so rapidly? You probably asked me the question, aren't you? Uh, You're probably wanting what, to know. So we're curious about, yeah, is it social media? Is it a diet? Yeah. Yeah, it could be definitely. The answer is simple. It all begins in the gut and that's a big part of what we do. 80% of the body's entire immune system is within the gut walls, along with billions of nerve cells and extensive amount of, of gut bacteria. And all of our children's health is literally quite connected to everything that occurs in the gut when we bring in all of these terrible foods when we bring in outside factors like environmental toxins things that are going on in the environment 
they break down the lining of the gut. There's this huge rise because food, if we have a look back so many years ago, there were no packaged foods. There were no chemicals in those packaged foods. Those foods were from the land. When I talk to families uh, on the phone and ask them about their diet, they're like, oh, well, just a normal kid diet, pretty healthy, you know, chicken nuggets and, and fries pizza. and yeah, pizza, exactly. The, you know, typical American diet. And so that we look at that and we think that's why there's a rise. The increase in convenient food packages, toxins, chemicals, some of the packages that you turn around, you look at, you can't even pronounce some of the ingredients. It leads to all kinds of different things that then we treat with medications instead of kind of just looking at what's really causing it or getting to the root of what's going on. Exactly. And, you know, when you get a breakdown of that lining of the gut, gut is connected to the brain and there is a two-way communication system between the two of them. And the main part that talks to the gut is the frontal lobe and the frontal lobe related to focus and attention and executive function and planning. <laughs> So you see where I'm going with this, yeah. uh, you break down the gut that affects the connection with the frontal lobe, the frontal lobe gets affected and that is AKA ADHD. Sounds like it. Yeah, exactly. And, but also 90 to 95% of the body's serotonin and 50% of the body's dopamine is produced in the gut. And these neurotransmitters are the ones that help us manage our emotions balance our mood, help our cognitive function. And, you know, emotional dysregulation is a really common symptom of ADHD, but many, many caregivers don't realize that this emotional dysregulation actually starts in the gut where serotonin and dopamine are made. And it's not only just ADHD, you know, teens these days are suffering with huge increase in anxiety, in, in depression, and it really comes back to the gut. Let's feed the gut what it needs so the body can produce these wonderful neurotransmitters that these teens need to feel good, to be calm, to feel happy, to have that really good cognitive function. Why have so many of us not heard about this before? You know, we think about ADHD, we think, oh, Ritalin, Adderall, the way to fix it is taking medications. You know, I mean, are there studies that show that food can have these kind of benefits? And why do you think we haven't heard about it? Yeah, look, that's a really, really great question. And I could take this answer in many different ways. And I'll probably try not to be too political um, <laughs> when answering, unless you want me to be. I have run into so many non-believers in, in my time. And I'll tell you, my husband used to be one of those. Um, and I always throw him under the bus on these podcasts. <laughs> but it, look, honestly, it was the science that first made me rethink the direction we were traveling in with my son. Why don't we hear about it? You know, I could list off a couple of things. Pharmaceutical companies drive the industry. Sure, uh, the insurance yeah. companies drive the industry. Most traditional doctors are only receive one hour of nutrition training in their whole degree. So they just don't have the knowledge. But, you know, when there's healthy people, pharmaceutical companies aren't making money. Insurance companies are not making money. So unfortunately, the way the industry is created or driven is very much focused on that quick fix here take this pill and you will get better 
Yeah. You know, I was skeptic. I was, I was like, yeah, give me the, give me the pill. I want the pill. Totally. Yeah. But honestly, it, it didn't turn out well for us. And it was the science that really made me sort of rethink the direction. And it was the science that convinced me that these natural methods were worth a shot. Uh, there, there was a study in 2015 that concluded that 64% of children that are diagnosed with ADHD were actually experiencing a hypersensitivity to food. That's 64%. That's a lot of that study. Uh, you know, I wonder what might happen if these children change their diets and remove the foods that they were sensitive to. You know, is it is it possible these ADHD symptoms would disappear or at least become more manageable? I believe it is anyway. There was another study that showed that 56% of ADHD kids tested positive for food allergies compared to less than 8% of kids in the general population. Oh, interesting. 8% in the general population, but 56% of kids with ADHD. And that tells me there is a clear correlation between ADHD and food allergies. Yeah, right. There was another study in 2017 that concluded that the addition of micronutrients in the diet improved overall function, reduced impairments, uh, improved attention, emotional regulation and, and aggression. Um, clearly from all of these, medication is not the only way to help children with ADHD. Some of those articles really show or those studies really show that there is a huge connection that's not been talked about. And I really am here to uh, tell families that there are other options out there and if medication is working for you that is great you know sure, i yeah. i am not a i'm not against medication but to be constantly increasing the dose and adding new medications to fight symptoms from the old medications yeah. that's not okay in my opinion You mentioned a number of specific foods in there, the chicken nuggets, and what's kind of the overview of like the worst things or the things that are most like driving the poor gut health and leading to a lot of the problems that we're talking about, including ADHD. The top three foods that I recommend all families remove are gluten, dairy, and soy. These are really the top three culprits that are driving inflammation in the body and driving inflammation in the gut. They actually also can lead to an immune response and increased leaky gut. So leaky gut is when that breakdown of the lining of the gut starts to happen. But I also recommend families of children with ADHD and other mental disorders like anxiety and depression avoid things like artificial flavors and colors and excess uh, sugar. Yep. Yep. Kids with ADHD in particular are more likely to have compromised immune systems. So the effects of these substances tend to have a great effect on the whole body. That's where we start. And I know that seems hard, but I definitely, <laughs> especially with teens. Cut out all happiness, cut out all yeah, fun. There is lots of other good alternatives that are much better for you and better totally. for our kids. And they can still 
have fun and still enjoy the food that they're eating. You know, we've been on this journey for years and we've been gluten, dairy, soy free for years. And honestly, my children don't miss out. They get just as good things, but you know what? Their gut and their brain are happy and then they're happy. So I used to suffer from anxiety as well many years ago. I used to be on an SSRI and, you know, it wasn't until I changed my diet and I healed my gut that I was able to get off that SSRI as well. So it's kind of the big three that you mentioned here, the gluten, the dairy, the soy. What is it about those foods in particular that are creating problems or leading to this imbalance? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to go a little bit deep here. I think that's a good question. I think I'll tackle the biggest one and that's really gluten. That's like the number one food I recommend all children with ADHD cut out of their diets. It's so inflammatory that pretty much everyone, even those without ADHD or a known gluten intolerance should stop eating it. That's my belief, plain and simple. Gluten is harmful for everyone. And that's because gluten triggers intestinal permeability in everyone, which means that leaky gut that I was mentioning earlier, even if they don't show an allergic response to it. And, you know, when the gut breaks down, those those walls break down, they form, uh, the walls of the intestine sort of form a barrier allowing water and nutrients to pass through the gut but blocking the other not so nice things from entering the bloodstream and so when a person has that leaky gut it basically means those tight junctions in the gut that are supposed to control sort of what passes through the lining of the intestines aren't doing their job effectively now they're allowing toxins harmful substances to enter the bloodstream that aren't uh, supposed to be there so what do you sort of imagine happens when these toxic substances enter the bloodstream that does not sound good. <laughs> no, the but the body fights them off and tries yeah. to get rid of them. So when uh, something enters the bloodstream that's not there, it triggers an inflammatory response as the body seeks to try and rectify it. Yeah, and gluten yeah. leads to increased intestinal permeability, which leads to leaky gut which leads to inflammation, which leads to additional symptoms like brain fog, inattention, Mm. stomach aches, constipation, reflux, hyperactivity, anger issues, wheezing, asthma, allergies, even all of that sort of stuff. And a lot of those symptoms that I mentioned, obviously tying with ADHD, but other things as well. Uh, So by cutting out gluten, parents of children with ADHD are removing one food that significantly contributes to inflammation in the body and in the brain. And in my experience, when we remove gluten along with those other two highly inflammatory foods like dairy and soy, and really focus on feeding the body the right ways, families find that ADHD symptoms significantly and um, reduce and sometimes even disappear completely because we are allowing that gut to heal and repair. You talk about feeding the body the right way. You know, we're going to get rid of these big three foods that we talked about. Now, what are we going to replace them with? Are there certain foods that like are really important to try and increase or to eat more of or... A thousand percent. Yes. (laughs) I will tell families that, you know, gluten, dairy and soy free doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. And so it's really important, not what just to take out, but also what to put back into the body. Um, As far as what food to eat, uh, my, my best tip is to focus on those whole nutritious, fresh fruits and veggies, 
grass-fed animal protein like meat and poultry, seafood, eggs, and also plenty of healthy fats. Fats aren't bad, but avocado oil, coconut oil, olive oil, they all feed the brain, which is really important for our kids, especially those that are compromised. So along with that, drinking plenty of spring water uh, because you're avoiding harmful chemicals that you would be surprised are in so many waters. Like if you test the water in your house and every state's so different, but there are really harmful chemicals in it. So drinking spring water is a, a better alternative, but also water really helps detox the body and remove the toxins that are already there. And so all of these foods and the water really provide our body with the, the nutrients it needs so that it can function at its best. So as I said earlier, you know, when you look at some of these packets on the back, you can't even pronounce them. So really my rule of thumb is avoid anything that you can't pronounce. (laughs) What about sugar? How come that's not one of the big three? And also, could you explain soy a little more? You know, I thought soy was healthy, you know, tofu and the hippies are eating and uh, it's, you know, uh, singing kumbaya and eating tofu. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Look, uh, it's a good question. A lot of people don't realize um, how many products uh, have actual soy in it. And they think yeah, that soy is going to be the easiest one to take out of their diet. It actually turns out to be one of the hardest one. And that's because... 95% of the soy crops in uh, um, America are genetically modified um, and uh, genetically modified, you know, the jury's still out on that, but basically they're taking food and genetically modifying it to make more crops where they're obviously all sprayed with glyphosate, which is a harmful chemical that is being fed into our bodies and toxin overload in our body. And so when there's non-GMO organic soy, that is better but also it mimics estrogen production as well. And so we are finding that a lot of women in particular have something called estrogen dominance, which causes a lot of symptoms, not just of ADHD, but of other things as well. And that's a topic for another day, but um, especially with kids going through their teen years and they're going through all those hormonal changes, feeding the body with something that's going to mimic estrogen production is not going to be good for their hormones, especially girls. And so there are those multiple reasons why soy is one of those top inflammatory foods in particular, you know, that it's genetically modified. Now you mentioned sugar. I just prefer to focus on natural sugars like honey, maple syrup, dates, because sugar is so highly refined. Um, it, it, it's it got lots of artificial chemicals in it and it's in everything. And sugar, basically, especially with kids with ADHD, they have a lack of dopamine being created in their body. And so when they start eating sugar, it becomes like this vicious cycle and the more sugar they eat, the more they need to get that dopamine hit. So they're searching for anything that's going to give them that dopamine hit. And one of those things is sugar, but also video games. And I'm sure you've talked about video games a lot on the podcast, but a lot of kids with ADHD are searching for that dopamine hit because they're lacking it in their brain uh, and it becomes addictive. And the more that they have it, the more they need it. So a couple of different reasons on the sugar. I always say to reduce, to remove artificial sugars, replace it with natural sweetness and reduce the amount that they're having on a daily basis. 
We're here with Dana Kay talking about how to help your teenager thrive with ADHD, and we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show. Diet is the foundation of every single thing. I kind of look at it like that when you're building a house, a foundation isn't negotiable. It is a master. In order to have a strong house, you need a good foundation. And it's the same with the body. I could list off all these supplements that are really good to help with the body. But if you're still pounding the body with those inflammatory foods, it's just going to be a lot of expensive poop that they're pooping out. <laughs> so. right. Everyone is a bio-individual, meaning that every child is unique. Uh, what works really well for one child might show little effect for another child. We really assess that history. Has there been lots of antibiotics? Does the kid suffer with constipation? You know, constipation, it's common, but it's definitely not normal. You should be going one, two, three times a day. And so um, we assess all of these things first and then make a suggested plan of attack for the family that we're speaking to. For some, it might be, let's start with diet and see where we get. For others, it might be, let's do diet and functional lab testing together. So uh, it really depends on who we're speaking to, what their symptoms are and what their health history looks like. When the kids buy into it and they start to feel better and they start to get less in trouble, they start to do better at school, they can actually see the benefit. So having those conversations with them, why we're doing what we're doing, why this is important for the body, why this is important for the brain and getting them and to understand and be in tune with the feelings inside their body. That's the biggest thing. I've got plenty of strategies. And as you said in the book, my book Thriving with ADHD gives you so many tips to overcome all of those obstacles. But I think the biggest thing, especially with teens, is teaching them the why and understanding how it feels inside their body because they are going to make decisions on their own. They are going to decide if they get the hamburger at the school cafeteria. Obviously, we can only do our best with a teen, giving them lunch, giving them money, ringing ahead to the restaurant to see what they can order instead, providing them with something to take to the birthday party, things like that. But with teens, it's very much about getting their buy-in and really honing in on uh, how they feel when they get in trouble or how they feel when they are failing or how they feel when they're having troubles with their peer groups because those are their biggest motivators. The biggest motivators for a teen are their friends. Want to hear the full interview? Sign up for a subscription today. You get access to all the interviews I've conducted, as well as new episodes weeks before the general public. It's completely affordable, and your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.